All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Thursday. It's March 5th. I'm Doug Norrie, and over there is... James Davis. Is there a thing called Ides of March? I, that's, I, yeah, dude. Ides of March is the 15th, though. Ah, oh, the 15th. Okay, well, the reason we had to start the podcast over again is because I started. I, we rolled through the opening, and I screwed this thing up that I've probably said 5,000 times to this point and just still continue to mess up sort of more often than I should. But I looked at the date, and I saw March 5th, and I... Thought it might be Ides of March, and I was going to say something, and I got caught in my head. But it's not C- so Cinco got- de Marzo. Cinco de Marzo. That's what it is. Arriba. <laughs> yeah. The uh, no. It's uh, okay. So Ides of March. That's like when Julius Caesar died. Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Is that what it is or not? Yes. Yes. Okay. Why are you laughing? Just a little. Sorry if we just like come to. We can, we can take a look into what I'm thinking about in the moment for the <laughs> podcast. There's only four games to talk about here. It's not like we're going to be here all. <laughs> we're not going to be here all morning with the, for the basketball podcast. We can talk about other stuff. Um, we are looking at a four-game Thursday slate where the NBA has typically tried to keep Thursdays sort of like national TV days, although they've trended away from that a little bit more this year. They do tend to have more games on Thursdays than they've had in the past. They, they mm-hmm. used to just kind of just isolate these national broadcast games, but they've kind of, I think, tried to a little better fill out the, fill out the, the roster of games, and that's usually better. I will say, though, do you get worried? We have a 7, an 8, a 10, and a 10.30 with the injury news on the 10:30 game, like kind of important, how much does that worry you early on in a day where, if like all the news kind of comes down to the last game and there's yeah. almost no way we have it, where does that like sort of land you on the comfort level for a sleep? Yeah, so I think there are a few ways to navigate a situation like that. Uh, first and foremost, there are two tiers of Raptors players in particular that you can look at tonight. And those are the guys that are going to be good regardless and the guys that are going to be only good if, you know, a lot of guys wind up sitting. Because the nice thing about this is that it's not like we're trying to match these guys against the Bucks or something, right? Like they're going up against Golden State. So they're, they should wind up being playable almost no matter what. And so the two top guys there, of course, are, are Lowry and Siakam. And then, like, I think those guys are going to be in all lineups for us no matter who winds up playing. And then, you know, maybe Anunoby after that, where he had some good games on like the 28 to 30 minute range, you know, just on this price point anyway. Some bad games too, but like you can kind of live with the risk. And then at the bottom would be Norman Powell, who happened to come back exactly coinciding with when Fred Fred Van Vliet went out. And I think if you're only going to get like, you know, 22 to 24 minutes out of him, uh, that could wind up being problematic. So that would be kind of how I rank him, you know, Lowry, Siakam. Uh, Anunoby and then Powell. Powell might even still be playable, honestly, but I think that's uh, that's a kind of my early sense of it, and I'm just hoping we get something. Like the Raptors have been pretty decent. Like all these guys have been labeled game time decisions for the last couple of games, but they have been pretty decent about giving us that news in advance. So uh, monitor it throughout the day. You know, if these guys are participating in shoot around, if there's any optimistic signs, you can be more cautious. And if not, I think you can just roll roll the Raptors back again. Um, the other thing about tonight too is that you're going to be very limited in your options like there's not having done the picks last night there's just not a lot of conventional value just there for the picking tonight so um yeah so i'm, I'm going to be proceeding a little bit less cautiously than i would have say last night where we had where we're picking between awesome plays you know cleveland boston yeah like you have like the entire cleveland team that's in, it's all of them are a value and right? the, like the you entire have... boston team too right. <laughs> so you know we wound up leaving some good plays on the table just because there were so many of them uh, tonight you're not going to have that luxury unless something dramatic changes so yeah i'll be uh i'll be hopefully keeping an eye on this one and see what happens all right let's roll through these games we start off with denver and charlotte denver is a seven and a half point road favorite as of right now against a charlotte team that 
probably just doesn't know if it's coming or going at this point. Um, they're sort of like weirdly in NBA purgatory, I would say, uh, just in terms of like, you know, Biombo starts two games and then it's going to be DNP coach's decision. You don't play anymore. Now Cody Zeller's back starting and like Malik Monk's out because he got suspended because of the, violating the drug policy. And then the Devontae Graham's coming back. Like they're, the Devontae Graham was like sort of like mini bench because he was in a shooting slump. Like this has been a very difficult slash bad team to sort of get a handle on. Uh, and then we have Denver who at times has shown that they have some value on their team when guys are injured, but they're sort of getting healthy now. Like Millsap is back-ish, um, which kind of like dumps down some of the power forward plays. And I'm a little bit, I'm actually a little bit surprised by this line because Denver just seems so much better than Charlotte. But uh, give me your thoughts on this game. Okay, so for starters, you mentioned Graham already. Right now he's currently listed as questionable. Uh, he did miss last game, even though you know he had returned and played a few games there. Uh, it was pretty reasonable, but his arrival or absence I think would be pretty significant here uh, primarily because of Cody Martin uh, Cody Martin last two games played 29 and 34 minutes uh, scored 40 or I'm sorry 27 fantasy points against the Spurs if Graham were to sit again and Martin were to get the start Cody Martin not Caleb Martin uh, on the same team here then I think he would be a playable cash game option but obviously you're gonna have to keep a close eye on this because Cody Martin totally unplayable if Graham does in fact wind up coming back so uh, certainly keep an eye on that one. Uh, outside of that, I think Charlotte's pretty much in mess territory. What about Rogier? Like, would you like at fifty eight hundred for Rogier? Like, would you consider that with if Graham were out? You can consider it, sure. I mean, if he's going to play a thirty five to thirty six minute rotation, you can squeak by. I think you have better value at point guard tonight. Um, you know, like I mentioned Lowry earlier, and then on Philly you get Shake Milton too, who's you know had some up and down games, but really good matchup against Sacramento uh, should be a fairly normal game script. So I think you can consider Rozier. I just think there's probably better options. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. The centers, you can't do it. Like people wanted to dream on Cody Zeller or our chatters included last time. And he was actually a pretty chalk start. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you just can't play guys who just don't play the game before and then start again. When yeah, that's it's not a signal from stuff. the team. We don't like this guy. We think he stinks. They all stink. <laughs> Him and Biombo and Willie Hernan Gomez. According like, to their, their opinion, you know, in, in reality, <laughs> who knows, but like, and so, and that's uh, kind of how I played. I was already played 19 minutes. He was bad. Yeah. I mean, he was okay for his minute. He was okay for his minutes. Eight and seven to 19 minutes is good. It's just 19 minutes, right? Like, this is not where you really want to be. So keep an eye on that uh, injury news, like we said, around the guards. On the Denver side, did you agree with my assessment about, like, this team when they're healthy? I get Millsap, like, kind of went off fantasy-wise. They kind of don't want to play him more than 24 minutes a game. It doesn't seem like they have other power forward options behind him. Um, and I'm really not sure if this is even, like, the best DFS matchup because Charlotte plays kind of slow. Is there anything to like here on Denver? Yeah, I think Denver, so what you actually wind up like, quote-unquote, liking tonight is going to wind up being pretty subjective just because there isn't a, lot, a whole lot to like, basically outside of the Philly guys and then the Toronto guys if they wind up missing a couple starters once again. Um, so players like Gary Harris uh, coming in at 4,400, it's been truly up and down for him. You can get 10 fantasy points. You can get 35. Uh, you're never quite sure. He did play 34 minutes last game against Golden State and... He was pretty effective contributing across the board. It's obviously not as good a matchup against Charlotte here, but in that lower lower range on shooting guard, you're going to have a hard time tonight. Um, you know, as far as I could tell, there was basically one good shooting guard play in Norman Powell, and that's only if Fred VanVleet sits. And then after that, it's just question mark city, right? Like we already talked about Cody Martin. Uh, he may not even wind up starting. Another guy is Damian Lee, but with Curry potentially coming back here. Or is, it, is that confirmed? 
He's yeah, he's, he's okay, going to so be back. I don't know how much. I don't know how much he's going to play. I'll say he, there's a chance he de- plays a decent amount. It was a hand injury for Curry. Like he could. It's yeah, probably well, we not going to be a, con- a second. But my major point is that Damian Lee Sorry. is probably not going to be playable if Curry comes back either, and things just fall off a quick, a quick. They fall off a cliff very quickly at this position, unless you want to do something like you know run James Harden out there against the Clippers. Uh, which is pretty tough. The Clippers are one of these teams that's almost ex- designed exactly to defend James Harden. He was pretty ineffective in their last meeting, and then uh, and then after that, you're t- you're looking at literal bench guys: Buddy Heald, Lou Williams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very very tough situation in shooting guard tonight. So I just don't think you can write Gary Harris off, unfortunately. All right, um, I was I misquoted this line by the way. Um, I quoted it at seven and a half. It's actually ten, which makes it a little bit more sense. Um, just from like the old eyeball test. Uh, so it's ten point road favorites for for Denver. Let's move on to that Clippers Rockets game. This game has the highest implied total of the slate, two thirty six. Thin spread. Rockets minus one at home. Um, you know, you mentioned Harden, and just in terms of a team being able to defend them, the, I, you know, the Clippers are getting fully healthy right now, and we've seen when the Clippers are fully healthy, this is a really, really good. Team. <laughs> they held OKC to ninety four point ninety four points last game um, when they played the group that looks like they're going to end up starting uh, when it's all said and done, which is Kawhi, PG, Patrick Beverly. Marcus Morris and Vika Subak, and then and that game was like, not as close as it wound up looking at the end. Like there were periods in the third quarter where they were up by a whole hell of a lot, and then basically the starters <laughs> right. uh, wound up not playing the fourth, and the Clips kind of chipped away at that second unit. So yeah, that was that was a tough one to watch if you're yeah, a Vika fan. And so yeah, you, you definitely get worried about you know rolling guys like Harden and Westbrook out in this matchup because they've transitioned to this small ball thing, which is working. And the Clippers can go small on you here, and they have some dudes that just can body up and aren't going to be all that intimidated by the style of play. So what are your thoughts on this game? I know I see guys like Kawhi kind of starting to show up in, in the lineups right now. Harden is another one that's kind of just there at this point. Um, he's 10-7 on DraftKings, and he's 11-2 on FanDuel. Um, are these guys playable just because of the, sort of the nature of the slate? I don't think we'd be there on if this was, say, last night's um, slate, but because there's only four games – and sort of limited options. Like we just walked through two teams in Denver and Charlotte that I, I, you can't really get excited about at all. Are we just going to see a lot of ownership on this game? I think you probably will at least see ownership on Harden for starters, just because, like you said, it's a combination of two factors. First of all, like I mentioned earlier, shooting guard is just awful tonight. There are just no plays to be excited about whatsoever. And so normally when that's the case, we try to get away from a bad position cheaply by just grabbing like someone with a reasonably high floor, but honestly, there just might not even be that guy in shooting guard tonight. And Harden, at least, while you know it's a very tough matchup, there should be some reasonable floor there. And there just aren't a lot of exciting big money options. I, I don't think you can play Westbrook just because some of the actual value on the slate is at point guard. I don't think you're going to want to go like obviously in like the Paul George direction, uh, Nikola Jokic. Like I don't think you want to jam him him in there at less than a value against Charlotte. So. At that point, you're just out of big money payoffs. And the way these lineups tend to come together in the current state of DFS is you can usually, you kind of usually have to play at least one big money player. So Harden right now is topping that chart for us. I will say in the old, if you want to take a game where you can maybe, especially on a shorter slate, and you want to just try to draw out of certain guys, if you want to take, be very aggressive on like the Westbrook Harden minutes, this is the kind of game to do it in, right? Because you can just see a situation where, 
Houston's never been shy about just running yeah. big time regular season minutes out of their guys, like out of Harden and now Westbrook and really just kind of PJ Tucker and all these guys, like when the games to, in their heads matter. Um, this one feels like the kind of one that matters at home. So if you wanted to be aggressive and just say the floor is pretty high, even with the bad matchup and say like 38, 39 minutes on guys like Harden and Westbrook, I, I, I'm not saying it's a definite to do, like definitely do it, but if there were a game to do it, this feels like that kind of game. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, Harden, I think, probably ends up getting there because of the nature of the position. I'm with you on the, the Kawhi. It's, it is nice to see from, like, a fantasy perspective that Kawhi has been able to maintain something of a floor even when the team getting healthy, like dropped 25 and 8 last game. The steals um, are starting to come around. I'd be a little worried about George, although he he's, he's another one I'm just, like, not exactly sure what their real – minutes are on Paul George, right? Like, he, we have him for 28. He is not top 30 in a long time. Now, some of these games have been blowouts, but I don't get the sense that they want to overextend him either. Do you get that sense with PG? We can move on after this one, but, like... Um, yeah, I think so. I think... I don't think it's all game script, I guess, is what I'm saying. I no, think there's, like, I mean, like he's a, just missed so much time from injury this season that I just don't see a path towards him turning into a 37-minute-a-game guy anytime soon. I think at the... You know, best case for him is that they would ease him back into it, but that just doesn't seem to be the plan right now. I will say, I think Kawhi hasn't exactly had that same treatment. While he's had a lot of nights off, and he's certainly one of the first guys to come out when the game is even remotely out of hand, in close games, Kawhi will play more minutes. And we know that in those games, he's more like a $10,000 player on FanDuel. And so the fact yeah. that you can get him at 9,200, you know, just on the raw averages, averaging 48 fantasy points per game in spite of losing minutes in basically every game when when this team is fully healthy. I think if you can pencil him into like 35 to 37 minutes, which I think is totally reasonable, he's going to wind up showing up alongside Harden in most of our cash game lineups. I will say FanDuel is kind of daring you to play PG at 6,900. Um, yeah. it's, it's, he's really, just really cheap. I mean, luckily they've screwed up the Tobias Harris, uh, continue to screw up the Tobias Harris price at 7,100. So like in that same tier, you don't exactly. have to make too much of a case about it but uh but if FanDuel was jumping off a bridge would you jump to that's the question uh, oh. no but yeah just no I, I, I have to think about it for a second <laughs> 10 o'clock we take a two-hour break and then we get a 10 o'clock game Philly goes in and plays the Kings Kings making a kind of surprising playoff push here they are I think they trail the Grizzlies by only two games in the loss column right now and Go New Kings. Orleans is New Orleans is uh is kind of backsliding here because they've lost three in a row. I thought they were going to make a push. They're not. Yeah, Kings right now three games behind the loss column to Memphis. Uh, they get in a Philly team that is decimated by injuries right now. Okay, so they have no obviously no Embiid, no Simmons. They lost Josh Richardson last game to a concussion and ended up starting. Uh, their starting lineup was Shake Milton, uh, Matisse Thybul, uh, Tobias Harris, Mike Scott, and Al Horford. Those guys did play a decent amount of minutes, except for Thibel. They brought in Glenn Robinson off the bench. Do you think there are we? Is there still value to be had on the Sixer team? Who they? This is not the team they envisioned when they thought they were going to make a championship run. Obviously, but feels like we might be able to grab some uh, some cheaper plays out of this group. Yeah, I think so, and I think actually you're seeing lower price points because of last game against the Lakers, where you know again all the starters basically wind up losing some minutes relative to their true expectation, and I think if you can get three or four more minutes out of each of these plays, uh, they wind up looking, and that's what we're priced in for right now. So if you know, if you disagree with that, maybe we bring it back down a little bit. But I think the true amount of time for, especially Harris Horford and Milton, looks to be three or four minutes higher. And I think that makes all three of them absolute slam dunk plays for cash games tonight. I just don't, I honestly don't see a path around 
especially playing, say, like Horford and Harris together. Uh, that's so much of this team's usage. Um, well, Harris primarily on the usage. He's averaged 20 shots a game over the last three. And then Horford's been doing, you know, a bunch of other things. Uh, they've been even running the offense through him from time to time. Uh, he's obviously gobbling up a lot of rebounds. He's playing closer to the basket because he doesn't have to contend with Embiid down there. So, you know, the blocks have come up. I, I think both Harris Horford and, or all three of Harris Horford and Milton are just cash game locks. Yeah, I think there's other guys too. Like Mike Scott played a ton of minutes last game, yeah. had did put up a decent line. You like to see the rebounding numbers, which are, are the Mike Scott rebounding numbers make a little more sense to me when you see who else is out here. Like this isn't Mike Scott who gets a spot start when Embiid and Simmons are on the court, right? Like so this is mm-hmm. a different situation than that kind of thing. So I, um, I he's still coming pretty cheap. Uh, you mentioned Horford. I, I really just like the whole team, probably outside of like whoever they start at the two. Yeah, you don't want like anyone that. in the title spot. Plus Mike Scott, the, the I'm not really into fighting. That's not my thing, but. When, uh, when those Eagles fans were harassing him, and then he punched that one guy. If you haven't seen that video, I like that. Uh, yeah. There's also a video of him when there's a, <laughs> a, a fight going on the court. I think it was with Embiid, and he just, like, is just smiling, like, while these guys are just fighting on the court. Like, it was, it was <laughs> I got to go find this thing. But it was just, like, him nodding his head, like, slowly, like, like Jack and Nicholson nod, smiling, and just, like, staring at this fight as these guys are brutalizing each other. So, yeah, that guy's just got to well, not I, the guy I, you want to mess It reminds with. me of a song that I was listening to last night while I was working, dog. Uh, by Easy E called Real MFNGs. If you want to listen to a diss track, that's Easy E and his gang going after Dre and Snoop Dogg. That is the that's the track of the night. That's what you need to go listen to. So, so that's Mike Scott's theme music. Okay, uh, on the King side, they are favored here. This is do, this is defensively compromised Philly team for sure. I, this is a team I constantly wonder about the minutes on though. I, yeah. Like they you know healed off the bench and you get Bijelita, um kind of can come and go sometimes and obviously Harry Giles experience has been up and down from from time to time Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Kings I didn't wind up writing up any Kings I don't believe uh, primarily just for exactly the reason you described especially actually Giles kind of muddying the waters for a guy like Bielitsa and I just don't it's not really where I want to be man I don't know what else to tell you Uh, they don't really feel the center position for DFS purposes Uh, Kent Bazemore has been muddying the waters there as well you know playing Anywhere between 25 and 30, totally ineffective DFS minutes. Uh, that's taken away probably a little bit from Harrison Barnes. Uh, you know, and Barnes in his own right is just a guy that's, has he ever been an exciting DFS play like a single time in his whole career? I know we've played him. <laughs> that's not the same. Oh, we got away from it this year. We finally are off the Harrison Barnes experience, which I'm glad to say. Like something <laughs> shifted in our in our model. I'm not sure what it was, but we, we, we're going to go down. Like we, 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 want, we want to be buried next to Harrison Barnes when it was all said and done, I think. But um, I think we finally moved on from that experience. Hold on a second. Nice Harrison Barnes at 6,300? Okay. <laughs> at 33 minutes? Yes, please. <laughs> like Just like you never get away from it. Um, the, the problem with the Kings is that they, Luke Walton, he, he just like doesn't pre- – like Darren Fox doesn't play 37 minutes ever, right? Like even in close games, they just, they just don't do it. Harrison Barnes, the last game, close game against Washington um, where they came back and won in the end. Bijelis at 30, Giles 27. That's actually – he gets interesting at that number. Barnes 32, Fox 32, uh, Bogdanovich 30. Like, and that's, that's not just this game. That's every game with these guys. So, yeah, that's just the rotation, and that's fine. Like, you can – run a good basketball team that way it just doesn't help us very much right uh, so over here so anyway um i think there's uh, maybe you try to spot start a guy in here like usually he's like the problem i probably feel most confident with the minutes but i do think there's mm-hmm. other power forward uh value out there final game we've already nodded to this a bunch 10 30 toronto goes in and plays golden state 
Toronto eight-point home favorites. The big news here for Golden State and probably the end of a lot of any of their DFS value is that Steph Curry is going to make a return tonight. I mentioned before, it's, it's unclear. They have not said what the minutes are going to be. I, it's not going to be, he's not going to come out and play 35 minutes. Like I said, though, it's a hand injury and conditioning is not, in it, conditioning is not typically the issue when you are dealing with that. Like, um, there's been videos of him that where he's just looked kind of fine for like weeks now. But um, where would you set Curry's minutes at? What do you do with the rest of the Golden State team where we just say we write them off and just kind of wait and see? And then we've, we've probably already discussed the Toronto situation at, at, at length enough. But any other final thoughts on this game? No, I think, you know, like you said, we, we went pretty deep on the Toronto situation. That's the situation to monitor for tonight. Uh, some fringe guys. Well, actually, there are two guys we haven't discussed just yet um, from this game especially because center tonight is like a very serious big-time problem. Uh, like last night, I made no recommendations of any centers uh, in our <laughs> in our picks nice. article. What I did was go. <laughs> I wasn't just taking the night off, Doug. I, uh, basically, I was just trying to figure out who was even qualified at the position on FanDuel and whether they were even remotely feasible for DFS purposes. And so if you go through these teams, you've got Denver. Okay, they have Jokic, which we talked about. Probably not exciting. Probably not where you want to be paying up-wise. And then someone between Biombo and Zeller, absolutely not. Houston, I guess Tucker qualifies at center on FanDuel now. He's terrible <laughs> for DFS purposes. He's just like... Yeah, his, his fantasy points the last five, 11, 31, 17, 13, 15. And this I mean, is like... Right. On, on a, and he's playing minutes too, so it's not like, ooh, but if he gets his minutes. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, who now plays 20 minutes a game. Then you have the Philly-Sacramento game. Alex Len qualifies there. Uh, spoiler alert, he's not really a DFS play. Kyle O'Quinn, same story. And so now we're here in the final game. And so that's why I think you have to at least think about Chris Boucher or Marcus oh. Chris. Um, Chris Boucher, we have been, I want to say wrong on every time, uh, the, the nights where we have played him versus have not. He goes from a two-game stretch where he plays 24 total minutes, scoring 14 total fantasy points. Last night, or uh, sorry, two nights ago, he plays 28 minutes against Phoenix and compiles 45 fantasy points. And if that's the plan, I mean, obviously, you're going to need the Ibaka news. Like, if you don't have the Ibaka news, you're, you're an absolute madman if you play Boucher. But, like, that's a little bit compelling. <laughs> and then you have Marcus Chris. So the minutes have been up and down. Like he's playing 25 to 30 minutes, usually in that 25 range. But, like, can still kind of hit 5 to 6x on this price at 6,100. But who knows if that'll continue with Curry, right? So center, this is, the, this is my positional mess of the week. Brought to you by Bounty, the quicker, cleaner, picker-upper. Because I don't know how you can possibly feel good about any of these plays tonight. Yeah, um, that's pretty much the story. I don't have another way. I, you summed it up pretty perfectly. I there's it, the center position is really a problematic. You really hard pressed to go out there and play like guys like Harrell in, in cash. You can't. You're really hard pressed similarly to play guys like Boucher in cash. You just really can't play any of them. So um, yeah, that's just. I guess that's just where we are. It's a real shame. Um, it's not a big as problem on Fanduel, obviously. Or excuse me, on, on DraftKings, where like there's multi-position eligibility, and you can get guys that can kind of like, you know, I don't know, not like, I mean, PJ Tucker at 3,700 on DraftKings, like I could probably just get there on there and just say it's unlikely. It's probably this is a game he plays. He this is like the equivalent of like the metric system versus the imperial system, right? Where it's like right. the rest of the world is like, yeah, we're gonna use uh, kilos, right? So it's like one, ten, a hundred, a thousand, and those are the measurement units. And the U.S. is like. Nah, we're not gonna yeah, yeah. use that. We got we got feet, we got inches, we got miles. We're we're doing just fine. All right. And I think that that is the equivalent of the lack of 
multi-position eligibility. It just makes absolutely no sense. Well, it's, Especially it makes, in the current it, NBA where these guys play every position. It's so ridiculous. And they just get it wrong. It's like that makes no sense <laughs> and it's wrong. Good point. Like, so it's like, it's, it, you know, sometimes they get it right on guys like P.J. Tucker, and sometimes they just get it wrong. Yeah, I, Jared mentioned Jared. I mentioned that 5,000 times. There's other examples <laughs> like this, too. Like, there's just like, you know, we're, or, you know, five guys from the team are just like all small fours. I, it just doesn't, it never makes sense. I don't know. Anyway, all right, we're going to get out of here. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site. DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you started on a free trial to our premium projections. Powered by our good friends over at Lineup Labs, Optimal Lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings. It's a free trial for seven days. So you can go check it out. It includes NHL, include MLB, which is coming down the pike, all under one subscription package. DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you started. Buddy, enjoy your Thursday in hoops. Will do.